Hello. Welcome back to chapter four of First Timothy. Um, we are again going to jump in to this next little passage. And um, there are a lot of times, well, actually each day this week, we start with looking back at what the previous day was. Um, it's kind of vague at the very beginning. So we have to make sure that we're referencing back, um, which is just something that you should do anyway. As a, as a general practice, if you have stopped reading the Bible at a certain point, make sure that you are still recognizing the context when you go back to read it again, um, because, <clears throat> excuse me, we can very easily misconstrue things if we don't have the context. So, it's just... Good reminder. Because that yeah. one... It's true. Even as you're doing this study, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of references that are out in different scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, just notice where they're coming from or notice the what's happening as you're looking up altern- these other scriptures that aren't necessarily in First Timothy. Yeah. And sometimes we'll take something and it's kind of standalone, um, but especially chapter four here, there, this is a building. Um, we are laying foundation piece after foundation piece after foundation piece. So if you missed yesterday, either go back and listen or um, make sure that you read the beginning of the chapter before you really jump into today. So we had a pastor who used to say, when you come to a part, um, a verse that starts with, therefore, go back and remember what was, what it is there for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. It's, it's about what came yeah. before. Yeah. So it's exactly. the same. Good. Yeah. Get it in context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that note, Terry, why don't you uh, proceed with our foundational building? Okay. Uh, Verses 11 through 14. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Yeah. So what would we go back to? What are these things, right? Go back to yesterday and know about these things. This is, um, these are the good teachings that he talked about yesterday. Yeah. So, all right. That's like a little quick sum up of that. Next. Uh-huh. <laughs> job. Next, what is, um, what's Timothy's big challenge here that we're talking about? I think his youth is his biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and that seems to be, apparently he, that's been a problem because Paul addresses that over and over and over again. Don't mm-hmm. let that stop you. Don't be intimidated. Um, don't let them disrespect you because you're young. It's always because of your youth. Mm-hmm. Do we know I, how so old he actually was, Timothy? I don't. 
no. Mm-mm. He could be in his um, from his twenties or his thirties. Is something one of okay. the commentaries that I read. Um, but when it talks about youth, someone who's young is usually someone under twenty nine. In the in the culture. In the in the culture. In the yeah. so. Um, Let's see, I I got this, I wrote this down. Most youths are considered less responsible, more violent, sexually uncontrolled, and impetuous. Um, So, and then they're not really considered an adult until after they're about 29. And many leadership positions became available only at ages 30 through 40. Mm. So there's a long history, especially in the um, Jewish faith, that he's he should not be in leadership because he's too young he's he's not even mature yet he's you know he's going to be crazy this is really interesting because of the fact that in the jewish jewish culture you were considered a man at 13 right but you're not considered an, an adult like a trustworthy adult until you're 30 so and then you're dead at 45 no i'm just kidding <laughs> Although think about that, even now we know that the frontal lobe of the brain doesn't really even develop until you're in your late twenties, right? Right. That that portion of reasoning and self control and that piece of the brain that can control all that stuff. And so, in some of us, it never develops. It's never. So we need to just be, <laughs> yeah. be honest about that fact. <laughs> yeah. But you think about um, in the Old Testament, like um, Samuel. Is it Samuel? who was set aside from childhood mm-hmm. as, and, and the spirit came on him and he was strong. Even in his youth, he heard God speaking when yes. he was a young man. And so God, you know, obviously can, does pull people aside. John was set aside at, from a baby. Right. And so there's no reason that Timothy couldn't have been set aside as well, well for God's was- special purpose. Yeah, that was just a, a physical fact was that he was young. But right. we, we can't forget the fact that we're not just a physical being. You know, we're a spirit man, too. And so Timothy had been taught by his mother and his grandmother and mm-hmm. then Paul himself. Um, he had incredible teaching and incredible mentorship. Um, and so he's not just, we're not just talking about his physical maturity. We, we're also talking about his spiritual maturity. So. Well, and I, I like it um, that Paul reminds him, don't neglect the gift which was given you through the prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. So the elders of the church thought he was worthy of mm-hmm. ministering and they were behind him and they gave their approval and um, not just approval, but Support. blessing, yeah. blessing, go yeah. do yeah. the work. And so I think you have to remember, oh, that's right. You know, it's not only just Paul who approves and, you know, is given the elder too. I, I, I forgot about that. Well, and look at, look at how this has worked for Timothy. He didn't just get sent out there all on his own with no support, no background. He's not making a ministry for himself. Um, he's under submission to Paul and to these elders, to the church at Jerusalem. He's, he's not just out there winging it. Um, he's still connected in a, in a pretty deep and intense way, I think. 
um, that gives, that should give everybody um, uh, more confidence that he is in the position he's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. But you know how human nature is. I mean, think when you, if you have a job and some young person comes in for you <laughs> as your boss, it's not always easy to submit to them, even if they may have a better education or better background. Um, that's tough. It's tough for people. Listen, don't we have, is it, is it 35? You have to be 35 before you could be the president or the senator? I can't remember right now. Oh, we do have age president. on our... Is it, I think it's like 35. like 40. 40-something, yeah. President is? Okay, got it. Yeah. And I was like, that felt like, when I was younger, I kept thinking, you got to be an old man to do that job, you know? And now I'm like, ooh, I'm a little just nervous a about this. They're just babies. I'm, I'm not yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. And now I think we need an age limit the other way. You can't be president I, that's true if you're too. Yeah. Or 80. Mm. I mean, goodness. Or, yeah. okay, you could be older, but you have to be able to do hopscotch. Those are just rules. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's counting in hopscotch and balance. It's a lot to that. So Yes. It's yeah. interesting how our perspective of age shifts yes. and yes. even culturally how that shifted. So I saw a thing the other day. There's um, like a reboot of the show Sex in the City. Has oh, yeah. Like it's this big thing happening right now. And um, I never watched any of it. But the women in this reboot are this and and they're like apparently they're living their lives and it's great and whatever right um it's great for them in anyway i'm not endorsing anything but anyway so they're living their lives <laughs> and um they are actually older than the golden girls were when the golden girls started Oh my gosh. Oh, that's so the crazy. Golden girls were like, we have to live together because we're a bunch of old women and we can't be on our own. And like, we're in our next twilight chapter or whatever, you know? Um, <laughs> but these women in this reboot are older than those women were. So they're saying like 60 is the new 40. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's a little scary. <laughs> but just think about just the show. I'm having trouble putting all that together. Like, I don't know if I want to know about sex in the city at 60 or no. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't know. And I, I mean, anyway, I have no idea what the, the, even the premise is other than the fact that they are, you know, it's the same people and they're living their lives and how they've grown. Yeah. But think about that perspective and culturally yeah. how our perspective is. And then think about what the perspective would have been of Timothy. Yeah. Because it was even a much more conservative culture than what we have. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he had people testing him just because of oh. his age. All the time. Yeah. 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 So another thing that I love about this is <clears throat> Paul's hoping to come to Timothy, but he says, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to preaching and teaching. And I'm like, public reading? And I, I really kind of didn't get that. But then I did a little research and it's like, yeah, you know, Jesus, when, the, when they preached in the synagogue, they did a public reading every time. And that's how Jesus announced basically today within your hearing, this is fulfilled. I am the Messiah. But also think about back in Nehemiah, 
when yeah. we were studying that, how um, Nehemiah and before that Ezra at the same, they're in the same timeline was because the people forgot about God's word. They forgot who they were, what their, um, um, I don't, their, you know, their heritage, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the word of God had to be brought out and the people heard it and their lives were changed because they were reminded of who God was, what he had done for them, who they were in him and what their lives should look like because of him. Yeah. And so Paul saying the same thing can happen now if you um, devote yourself to public reading of the scripture. And I'm like, I loved that. I think yeah. it was so good. Do you, do you remember back in Deuteronomy when they would be on opposing hillsides? Oh, and I thought it was, yeah. I always thought that was so beautiful. And I don't know if they do any of that today, but it'd be like, oh, I would just love to be there. They would do, they would, um, let's see. One half of the nation would be on one side of the hill and half would be on the other. And they would start with putting out, reading out the blessings and so everybody can hear it in the valley, right? And then the other side would read out the curses. This is what will happen to you if you don't follow God. It's this, this public reminding of your identity. Identity, that's the word. I, it, and and I, to me, it just, I don't know. There's something about that scene. Um, you know, it's almost like the Star Spangled Banner when we're in a you know, it's not God's word, but it's this reminding of but your like identity yeah. at an event. I mean, and it was important and there was weight on that. And you were with someone else as you got that identity. Um, and, and it was beautiful, the things they would see. Um, just all the things. I love all the blessings. I'm not going to read all of them because there's quite a few. But um, just, I don't know, just like one thing, like he covered everything your yeah. bodies, your storehouses, people that come in contact with you, your enemies will fall aside. I just, over and over, it's just, he kept painting this beautiful picture. And, yeah. it's, and it was like, and if you don't, then you're inviting this. Yeah. Your storehouses will be empty, et cetera. Your enemies will conquer you and things like that. Your wombs will be yes. empty. Yes. Yeah. And it's just this, and, and to me, that feels like a strengthening, but it's the public reading of it. Yeah, it's it's the this was done I think once a year on the mountainside, but Timothy has that opportunity because Jesus has come in and he 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 has this is every day this is all the time this is the Holy Spirit right yeah. do you yeah. have this opportunity to read His Word, uh, read the Scriptures to talk about God every day publicly, mm-hmm. and how strong would we be as a culture if that happen just if we started really paying attention to who we are we could do that as americans and if that's not happening we can certainly do that as christians we can publicly connect with each other and read things out to each other and it's as powerful. americans we are privileged that we live in a country where we can do that yes. where we can come yeah. together and we can have these conversations cuz there are places in this world where that can happen um, right. So, just a little privilege yeah. check for us there. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's right. about- we should be grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes that we, we forget. The Word says 
that um, that the word of God is active. It's alive. And then it also says that God watches over his word to perform it. So I think when we, part of that speaking it out loud is that it, it does put it out there. It says we acknowledge who God is and who we are in him. And as that word is spoken out, God is watching over his word to perform it. And so it, because it's a living thing, I think it starts to materialize when it's spoken out like that. Um, that because God is watching over it, he's, he's seeing it work itself out the way he intended it to work out. Um, you know, I'm really, I think I told you guys, I felt the Lord speak to me a while back and say, you know, don't be so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. So I've really been trying to focus now a little more on the spiritual side of things. Um, cause I've always kind of prided myself. I'm kind of a practical person. Um, and I liked that, but I don't want to be so practical that I forget the spiritual side of things. Um, and God is a spirit and his word is a spiritual thing. It's not just, you know, ink on a piece of paper. Right. Um, and we can take it in and it produces something in us when we take it in, um, it, it changes us. It conforms us to the image of Jesus because it is him. Jesus said, I'm the word, yes. the truth and the life. So when we take his word into us, he becomes more a part of us and we are conformed to his image. So I think that that's, you know, we got to keep remembering that spiritual side of things mm -hmm. that the Holy spirit is, is working in us as the word is in us. He's working that word out in our lives, that self-control, that peace, that patience, that goodness, that kindness. He's working those things out in us. And just another part of that is like, we can read his word. Mm -hmm. And so that's one level of engaging with God. Then when we come into small groups, it's read out loud between us. Mm -hmm. There's another level that God is engaging us. Then there's the teaching, right? And that is a public way. Of, of his word. And, and then in this podcast, as Terry is reading the word and, and as we're speaking about the word, there's another level of um, God working in us. So we have all these opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're all different forms of, like we talked yesterday about that um, exercise and the training. And those yes. are mm -hmm. all different forms of that. And um, in order to be healthy, you need you can't use the same muscle over and over and over again and expect to have a whole healthy body and only right. use that one muscle. You have to do some cross training. And so that's kind of right. what this is. Don't mind the pun. Pot cross training. Anyway. <laughs> oh, um, oh, that was, was so good. good. <laughs> so anyway, you do. You have to, um, you have to engage in all of those different ways. Um, you can't just be like, okay, God, I'm going to sit in my house and I'm going to read your word out loud. And then it's yeah. going to work. Because right. he yeah. is not a, he doesn't wave a magic wand. He, that's not how it works. Like you have to do the work and you have to do the work with other people. Yeah. It's partnership. It's relationship. So Well, just like God is three, mm -hmm. you know, fellowship is so important, a part of everything. We are called to be in fellowship with one another too. Not just with God by ourselves. I mean, if, if there was nobody else around, that'd be fine. But that's not the way it is. He's put us in a body, in a family. Um, and so we have to, you know, 
we have to relate. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's hard to find people. Let me just, and I'll just be real honest. I've moved around a lot um, and it is hard to find people and it's hard to find people to connect with. And I really think over the last couple of years, even the people that you had to connect with, you're connecting with on a different way. Um, and sometimes yeah. that is a real struggle. And if you don't have somebody and you want to go deeper and you want to make like really those big, deep connections, ask God for somebody. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you're going to have to be bold and like call somebody up and be like, hey, listen, do you want to do this? And they may say no, but then they may say yes. Um, but you just need to really like lean into that and ask God for somebody who, some buddies who you can um, do life with. Yeah. Mm. So, it is a good point. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Suzanne. Well, yes. Would you like to pray for us as we leave today? <laughs> I would. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus, thank you for these somebodies that you have given me. Um, and I just these women are amazing to sit with and um, process through things with and laugh with. And um, we thank you for the gift of joy and um, the gift of being able to um, sit. We're not even in the same rooms, um, but just to sit together and uh, really process through and talk through and um, just live out that that community aspect, God. And I thank you for that. And for women and men who are listening and don't have that, Lord, um, give them a boldness. Give them eyes to see who you would have them um, pursue community with. Um, give them the opportunities and the people. Um, and again, give them that boldness to just reach out and say, hey, do you want to go get some coffee? Or do you want to um, go for a walk? Um, Lord, just show us who we need to reach out to. And even those of us who are in community, God, um, bring new people to us because uh, that's how we grow and that's how others grow, God. So I just thank you for that. And I thank you um, for the faithfulness of Timothy and um, just his practice of um, just public reading and teaching and preaching and um, the fact that it was a reminder for himself the fact that it was a reminder for those that were with him, Lord, um, and just those multiple um, ways of exercising that community with you. And I just, again, ask that you would show us those that we can um, pursue community with, that um, our hearts would do some cross-training and um, interact with you in, in lots of different ways, um, and just help it to be one of those things that is so natural and um, just becomes part of who we are in you. Um, and I ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> <laughs>